Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so before I get into this episode, <laughs> I just want to say that I bloody hate this episode. This I is know, an episode, I hate it too. Yeah, that I... Um, yeah, no, no good. Yes, there are a couple, you know, humorous moments or one-liners, but most of it is just sad. It's really like, depressing. Yeah, it just all of it made me incredibly sad. I had to rewatch it because we did our our notes on this so long ago, and so I, I put it Honestly, on. And I, I went to go and like rewatch it, and I was like, "What episode is this?" And then I was like, "I'm not rewatching that." <laughs> <laughs> I put it on and I was like, ah, damn it. Like, <laughs> fuck. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, dislike this episode and not that the acting was bad or the plot was bad. It's just so fucking depressing, you know? Yeah. That it's just like, you know, it was well done, yeah, obviously, totally. because it made you feel things, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like this episode. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, it is uh, season nine, episode three, called I'm No Angel. So we start outside of St. Anne's Cathedral. We're in the garden, and it's nighttime. Two priests are there. There's one young one and, and an old one, um, and they're walking through the garden. The old priest says, okay, I've never had to say this word before. I've only read it, so I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> and you're going to tell me how to say it because you know things like this. Um, okay. Monsignor, Monsignor, I think it's that French. sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Okay, that <laughs> that word. I don't know if I said that right. And that sounds. I don't. I don't really know French. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that word often enough to where I think I might know it, but also I'm like totally doubting everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've like literally only read it. Like I don't think I've heard it said before i mean you know supernatural I, I must have other places but anyway okay i'm gonna stop <laughs> yapping about this word um so so monsignor cassidy will be joining us for dinner on saturday and mass of course he can be a pain so let's have everyone on their toes so they stop as they uh, go around a corner and are confronted by two angels in gray suits uh the female angel says gentlemen we're looking for a man we believe you may know. His name is Castiel. So we cut to inside St. Anne's shelter for men. There, it's like a locker room. Um, it's daytime. Uh, a bunch of guys are wandering around and chatting um, and getting changed. Cass stands up from the sink and looks at himself in the mirror. He's wearing regular clothes instead of his usual trench coat. Okay, question. Where's his fucking trench coat? Did he leave it in that washing machine covered in blood? I think he left everything in the washing machine. Because ah. he came out with a completely different outfit. Okay, Dean, like, carried that trench coat around when he thought Cass was dead. And they didn't even have the Impala at that time. So he was just, like, putting in, like, different trunks of all the cars they were stealing. <laughs> for, like, for, like, however long Cass was, you know, dead from Leviathan goo, right? Yeah. And Cass is just like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to keep it in this machine and walk away. I don't know. Yeah. I get that you couldn't pay to clean it, but still, Dean might still, be affected. <laughs> I, I don't think Dean, I think 
I mean, yes, it I was think it symbolic. was more of a memento for him yeah. than like yeah. he was hoping to give it back to him. <laughs> um, but also, like, since Cass is around, I don't think Dean would care about the clothing. That's true. That's you know? true. I still, I'm, I'm upset about the trench coat, just personally. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, um, Cass picks up a tube of toothpaste and squirts a glob into his mouth, um, as a man approaches him, and okay, the man, like, I have. I have a question about the toothpaste. Sure. What is it? Do you think he like doesn't know how to brush his teeth and people are like using toothpaste and that's just, he's like, oh, well, this is what I do with this. Or do you think he was eating it because he was hungry? I think that he probably didn't spend his money on a toothbrush and thought that the toothpaste was the important part. And he probably, I mean, who hasn't, you know, brushed their teeth with their fingers in a desperate oh you i've know, done it weird before. weird yeah, moment yeah like, i think that's what's going that's on that's a lot of toothpaste though man like <laughs> and that was a lot of toothpaste yeah <laughs> i'm just like because i feel bad for him i'm hoping that it was just uh he doesn't know what to do with it rather than like he's eating the toothpaste <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah that's not good for you to eat toothpaste no <laughs> that that fluoride man that'll that'll get you yeah so <laughs> okay so the man says to Cass, hey clarence how much longer are you going to be with us? Cass says, I'll be moving on tonight after work. It's time. The man nods and hangs up a towel. Cass says, can I ask you something? The man says, sure. Cass walks into one of the bathroom stalls and says, do you ever tire of urinating? I'll never get used to it. And the man looks confused. I'm like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> So we cut to um, St. Anne's Cathedral in the garden. It's daytime. Uh, a bunch of men from the shelter are, are helping with the gardening. They're like mowing the lawn and raking the leaves. Cass is picking up trash, but stops when he notices something on a rock. He touches it. And don't go touching weird fluids, dude, because that shit's blood. Yep. Like, yeah, and like, why? <laughs> yeah, you're Just human why? now. You can get infections. Don't do it. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he finds some more blood on a nearby gate, and then he follows the trail through the back part of the garden where the blood trail ends at a large smear on a statue. Um, <laughs> Cass looks up to find the two priests from before um, impaled on the fence spikes with their eyes burned out. And then we get our opening title sequence. <laughs> So we cut to the bunker. It's morning. Uh, Dean is pouring himself some coffee. He looks like he's just woken up and he's wearing a bathrobe. He strolls from the kitchen to the main room and then to the library. He yells, Sam, you hear? Just then, Sam enters through the front door carrying a takeout container. Sam says, hey, morning. Dean looks at his watch. He says, you've been outside already? <laughs> Sam's like, yeah. Like, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sam says, yeah, woke up, went for a run, beautiful sunrise. Anyway, cleaned up, went and got breakfast, grabs you real bacon and eggs, extra grease, not even going to argue. And then he puts the container on the table and they both sit down. Dean says, mm, perfect. Wait, you went running? <laughs> Sam says, what? Why do you look so worried? Dean says, let's see. There's Cass, who I told to haul ass here. That was days ago. He's still out there. Um, there's you. Sam says, me? I feel great. Dean says, I'm sure you do. But Sam, you went through the trials. 
okay, that put a big strain on you. I just think it's better if you took it easy, you know, and didn't act like you were. And just then Ezekiel takes over Sam's body, body, not bottle. I don't know what I'm <laughs> that makes me feel a little creepy. <laughs> okay. Ezekiel says possessed by an angel and he does feel better. A work in progress, of course, but I am slowly healing him. Dean says, that's great. Um, but Sam, Ezekiel says, I have news. I've picked up chatter among the angels. Not all are wandering around in confusion. Dean says, yeah, some of them are after Cass. Ezekiel says, there is a faction that is rapidly organizing and finding human vessels to contain them. Dean says, led by Naomi. Ezekiel says, I have not heard that name. No, but is this faction's leadership who want Castiel found? You see, Dean, I can be useful. Dean says, so can my brother. So why don't you go check your email? And if I need your help, I'll let you know. Ezekiel says, Dean. Dean says, I said, I'll let you know. Okay. Why is Dean being so fucking rude to Ezekiel right now? I, think I don't he's get just it. uncomfortable with the whole like situation. But he's being rude to like someone who's helping, you know, the person you love most in the world. Yeah, but honestly, at the same time, I think he probably knows that like Sam would be really pissed <laughs> if he knew that like so he's just being rude out of like what's going guilt? on. And so he's probably like guilty conscience lashing out, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I that's kind of what it seems like to me anyway. Okay. Well, I think that is very rude. I'm not saying it's a good thing for him to be doing. I'm just saying, like, I think that's probably what he's doing, you know? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So Ezekiel switches back to Sam uh, and Sam says, I mean, you know, Cass is human now. It's going to take him a lot longer to travel. Dean says, I'm going to get whiplash. Sam says, what? Dean says nothing. Uh, All right. So I was thinking that if the angels are organizing, then that makes them a lot more dangerous than we thought. Sam says, why do you think they're organizing? Dean pauses, then says, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, he says, it makes sense. My point is, is that the more of them that are after Cass, the worse it is. So we got to find him. So we cut to a pharmacy. Uh, The pharmacist is standing at the front desk watching a video on his smartphone. The video is titled Going for Glory Hour and is hosted by Reverend Buddy Boyle. (laughs) Every time I hear this glory hour, I think of glory hole. Oh, no. (laughs) Every time. Oh, no. Just makes me giggle. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I'm not proud. I'm also grossed out, but, you know, still giggling about it. So, okay. Uh, We cut to a park. Uh, Another man is watching the same video and nodding in agreement with it. Buddy on the video says, folks, like I've been telling you, we're in the most sacred of times. A legion of angels reaches out for us. Can you feel their divine presence? And if you do, there's nothing to fear. Heck no. If the angels come a knocking, you just let them on in and fill yourself up with their grace. This is Reverend Buddy Boyle and the Going for like Glory a dirty joke. <laughs> All of it does. All of it does. <laughs> he says, um, this is Reverend Buddy Boyle and the Going for Glory Hour. <laughs> Wishing you a most blessed day. Amen. So we cut to Buddy's church. 
Um, he's preaching live. His um, that doesn't make sense because now um, whatever. But he's doing something that I wrote down wrong. Um, his secretary's uh, voice says, "And we're clear." Oh, okay. He okay. Just ignore me. Um, yeah. A man in the room. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm sorry. A man in the room says, beautiful buddy, one of your best. Buddy says, oh, well, that is high praise, sir. Seeing as how you're an emissary. Did I say that wrong? Em- emissary? No, you're right. Okay. I don't think I've ever said that word before either. <laughs> We're uh, learning all the words. I know. Look at me. <laughs> learning how to talk. Um, okay. He says, of the man upstairs himself. Thank you, Bart. Uh, Bart is clearly an angel for all Mm -hmm. of you who are unsure. Um, he says it's Bartholomew and I have to say, God has personally, personally assured me that he is highly pleased with your work. He prepareth a special reward for helping him populate a true heaven on earth. But he says, well, between you and me, it's practically reward enough being one of the few humans of all time to get orders from an actual angel. But if he prepareth, I am honored. (laughs) Bartholomew says, terrific. And then the secretary, who is a young woman, enters the room. She says, sir, I'm ready. Bartholomew says, oh. Oh, I just want to say this about Bartholomew before I go on. Um, That he totally looks like an older um, Jake Abel. Just a little bit. Like, their, like, faces are kind of similar and head shape i don't know i was just like whoa it's like it's like old adam it's like middle-aged adam (laughs) not that that bartholomew i think is middle-aged but (laughs) i don't honestly like remember what like i kind of sort of remember what he looks like but not totally so (laughs) yeah yeah he just looks like adam i thought it was weird (laughs) um okay so secretary says i'm ready bartholomew says oh Secretary says, <laughs> the secretary says, let me be a vessel for the divine. I give myself over to you. Buddy says, oh, hallelujah. Bartholomew says, yes. Well, if you're certain, she nods excitedly. So Bartholomew raises his hands and two streams of brilliant white light enter through the windows. Uh, and then we go into the secretary's mouth. Buddy smiles for a moment, and then we all hear a crunch. (laughs) The secretary starts breathing heavily, and she begins to bleed from all of her holes. (laughs) You know, when I say that, I mean her face holes. I don't know if her (laughs) other holes are bleeding. I hope not, but they probably are. It seems seems likely. Um, And then her face starts to melt. So she finally screams and then actually explodes and um the blood splatters the whole room it's buddy's yeah yeah lots of cleanup there yeah (laughs) buddy says bart what the hell (laughs) bartholomew says buddy the simple truth is not all who are willing are designed to contain heaven's grace we have to accept no that's not right we have to expect a casualty now and then it's a small price to pay when you think about it buddy says like the lamb of the sacrifice, Bartholomew Stop says. Stop justifying the behavior. <laughs> I know, I know. Bartholomew says, sure. So <laughs> Bartholomew kind of looked like, like right when the secretary was like, oh, hey, like, let's have someone jump in me. Like, 
like he kind of looked like he knew she was gonna explode you know he didn't look happy about it he looked like oh (laughs) about it so i don't think he necessarily looked like happy about it per se but i think he definitely was like yeah this might or might not happen yeah i I, I got the sense that that he knew that like all our holes were gonna bleed and yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so we cut to the bunker library uh it is still daytime dean is looking at a map of colorado and the surrounding states there are radius circles drawn around um colorado on the map sam is on his laptop dean says all right so this is where Cass called from on tuesday longmont colorado each circle is how far he might have gotten in one, two, and three days out. Sam says, okay, here we go. The same day he called from Longmont, weird murder, same town. Cop said it was like the girl was blasted from the inside out. Dean says, angel kill. They might have just missed Cass. Unless they got him. Sam opens another news article on his laptop, and he says, you got an Emory Park, Iowa? Dean checks the map and says, Emory Park, Emory Park. I just saw that. Yeah, a couple days outside of Longmont. Sam says, okay, because two priests were murdered there Thursday. Eyes blown out, evidence of torture. They were impaled on posts. Dean says, yeah, I know. (laughs) Dean says, torture? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, angels are looking for info. Man, if they get to him before we do. Sam says, yeah. So we cut to a homeless uh, camping ground. It's nighttime now. Um, A group of homeless people are taking shelter for the night under a bridge. Cass is eating a can of beans with another homeless man. Cass says, thank you. I was so hungry. Very kind of you to share. The homeless man says, it's okay. Cass says, you know, I'm finding that often people with the least to give are the most generous. Anyway, I've got to plan better. I ran out of food very quickly today. The homeless man says, you're new at this, aren't you? Cass says, food, sleep, or passing gas. It's all very strange. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> and, is. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It is strange. It is strange. Let's, let's be honest. It's a strange yes, thing. Yep. <laughs> Cass says, and it's occurred to me that one day I'm going to die. There's a long pause as they contemplate each other. <laughs> Cass says, well, I better try falling asleep. It's quite a process, isn't it? The homeless man says, try counting sheep. Cass says, thanks once again. Then he gets up and walks away to an abandoned bus. He steps in and finds a seat and uses his jacket as a pillow and another shirt as a blanket. Cass says, what sheep? I got a question about sheep. (laughs) (laughs) I got a question about this bus. Um, okay. So there's a bus that you can sleep in. That's cool. Why is nobody else sleeping in the bus? Is he just like going to sleep early and the bus will fill up later? I feel like something happens that we're about to see when it is later and there are no other people on the bus. So like what, what, like, I don't get it. I feel like you would sleep on a bus other than under a bridge. I don't, I might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's awesome under that bridge. I feel like everybody else was just like, awake still you know okay yeah i don't know yeah maybe it's like one of those like first come first serve sort of situations you know where it's like it seems like they would all be i mean it's a whole bus you know 
I mean, yeah, at that homeless camp, you did see some tents. So, you know, not everyone wants the bus bench, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It just seemed weird, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, Okay. So we cut to sometime later. Um, Cass has fallen asleep on the bus. The pharmacist from before is standing outside watching him. Total creeper. Um, (laughs) Cass wakes up and looks outside, but the pharmacist is no longer there. Um, and again, in case you couldn't tell this pharmacist is possessed by an angel. Okay. So, um, uh, an angel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's lots of things I want to say to that. Um, so <laughs> save it for later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, so Cass, uh, gets out his angel blade and cautiously, cautiously gets up and goes to the open front door of the bus. Um, there's nobody outside. He turns to go back to his seat only to come face to face with the pharmacist. Uh, the pharmacist slices Cass across the shoulder with his angel blade and Cass gasps in pain. The pharmacist says, you're human. Cass quickly turns and stabs the pharmacist in the stomach. A bright white light shines from the pharmacist's eyes and mouth before he finally collapses and dies. Yay. <laughs> uh, we cut to outside St. Anne's Cathedral. Um, we're in the garden. It's daytime now. Dean is in his FBI suit and is talking to the man from the shelter that was talking to Cass previously. Uh, the man says, yeah, yeah, I think I know this guy you're talking about. Sounds like Clarence. Dean says, Clarence. The man says, the church, it runs a shelter in town and we work here. We earn our keep. Clarence spent a couple nights and then he had to move on. Dean says, and he left the day the bodies were found. The man says, matter of fact, oh man, those poor guys were a mess. They must have suffered bad, but at least now they're with the angels. Dean says, I sure as hell hope not. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Clarence says, no, no, no. Clarence. Wow. Dean says Clarence (laughs) happens to mention. No, no. I'm going to start that all over. Actually, what I'm going to do is take a drink of my coffee. Do it. A little recharging here. (laughs) And then maybe I'll be able to read my own writing. (laughs) Okay. So Dean asks, Clarence happened to mention where he was headed? The man says, no. He just said he always had to keep going. So we cut to... Um, inside the Impala, Sam is in his suit and typing on his laptop. Dean gets back into the car. Dean says, all right, well, he's definitely been here. Good news is he's getting cagey. He's using a fake name, Clarence. <laughs> Sam says, that's what Meg used to call him. Of course, he doesn't get that that's the name of a pretty famous angel. No. <laughs> Dean, Dean, Dean says, what? Sam says, it's a wonderful life. And Dean just shakes his head because he has no idea what Sam is talking about. <laughs> like, really? He's like the weird movie nerd, you know? Like, I know. Sam, <laughs> I know. That's so funny. Sam says, dude, seriously? Dean says a little defensively, well, what'd you come up with? <laughs> Sam says, another angel kill outside a town called Lafayette about a day's travel east of here. Dean says, what is that? Indiana? Sam says, yeah, body was found in a homeless camp. Insides barbecued the whole nine. Dean says, homeless guy? Sam says, no, a pharmacist from Dayton. Dean says, huh. 
So we cut to a city street, uh, still daytime. Cass is walking along a busy street. He reaches a hot dog stand and stops and looking longingly over at the food. He looks at the money he has in his hand. Um, and then he glances at the shop next to him, which is a tattoo parlor. He struggles to make a decision, which is very upsetting to watch. Yes. And then he finally decides to enter the tattoo parlor. So he hands the tattoo artist a piece of paper and then pulls up his shirt and points at a section of his abdomen. The tattoo artist nods and indicates uh, for Cass to take a seat on a nearby couch. So we cut to Reverend Boyle's church. Uh, a female angel says, Reverend Boyle's influence is astonishing. Bartholomew says, I'll never understand these people. The female angel says, our fallen brothers and sisters are finding vessels faster than we'd even hoped. Bartholomew says, they better. And then they need to help us find Castiel. You know, the one you let slip through your fingers. The female angel says, our Dayton operative is tracking him. Bartholomew says, good, because frankly, you're hanging by a thread. A male angel knocks on the door and Bartholomew says, what? The male angel says, our operative grouchy pants. <laughs> Where is? Yeah, why? He's just angry all the time. <laughs> I know. You're in a good vessel. Be happy with it, older know, people. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> I haven't exploded anybody yet. Probably, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> um, so that that male angel says, our operative did manage to find Castiel, but Castiel was somehow able to kill him. Bartholomew says, what? The female angel says, he's a madman, sir, and very dangerous. Bartholomew says, no, <laughs> no, he's, he's totally not. Bartholomew says, no, I'm very dangerous. Now you will find this madman and you will destroy him. Do you understand? The male angel says, that may not be possible, sir. But, sorry. <laughs> Bless you. That's okay. <laughs> he did it right between oh. the lines. It was perfect timing. Allergy season, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So Bartholomew says, I'm getting a little tired of you. The male angel says, Castiel has vanished. We're unable to track him. He must've found a way to ward himself against us. So we cut to, um, a city street. I'm not sure if it's the same city street. I don't see the, 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 uh, the, the nail salon. No, the tattoo parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Two different situations there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening there. Okay. Cass needed to get his mani pedi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. So Cass is once again uh, wandering through the noise and all the people. He's trying to take everything in. He glances at a hot dog stand. So this must be the same street. And then a woman with her rack on display walks by, <laughs> and he is very interested in that. He is enamored. <laughs> He is and confused. He's like confused about he's why like, he's why enamored. Why do I feel this way? Also, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the whole place is noisy and crowded and confusing, and he is absolutely overwhelmed. So we cut to a church. Um, Cass goes inside and walks down the aisle. He chooses a pew about halfway down and sits. Uh, he looks around at the various angel decorations, but his attention is drawn to the only other person in there which is a woman in one of the front rows. Um, and she's praying out loud. And Castiel watches her curiously, a little creepily. The woman says, please, Lord, Mike is such a good man. Please send your angels to heal him. Thank you for hearing me. Amen. And she makes the sign of the cross across, um, 
did I say that right? No. She makes the sign of the cross across her chest and gets up to leave. Um, she stops when Cass speaks to her. Cass says, Mike is your husband? And she nods. She says, he's very sick. Cass says, yes, humans, so fragile. I never, I never realized how fragile until recently. The woman says, I guess that's why we pray. When you get dealt such a bad hand sometimes, you need something stronger than yourself. Cass says, that's a wonderful idea, but, and then he sighs and turns away, looks at an angel in one of the stained glass windows. The woman says, what? Cass says, what if you were to find out that no one is listening, that God had pretty much left, that heaven had gone out of business? What would you do? The woman says, but that's not possible. Cass says, I think it's completely possible. (laughs) Also, let me tell you a story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The woman says, you're missing the point. It's not possible because I have my faith. Cass says, but when I tell you the truth, the woman says your truth, not mine. Your lack of faith doesn't cancel what I believe. That's not how it works. You know, I think you might feel better if you tried it my way. Someone is listening. And then she leaves. So we cut to Bartholomew. Um, He is speaking with a rough looking man uh, who is in fact a reaper. Bartholomew says, the issue is he somehow managed to ward himself against us. Our ability to track him has been jammed, which brings us to you. The reaper says, my kind, we always get what we're looking for, chief. Bartholomew says, yes, reapers, but some of you have taken your skill set to a whole new level. The reaper says, that's the rumor. Bartholomew says, and are willing to freelance for a price. That's the rumor. The reaper smiles and says, jumpstart me. How do I start looking for this, Castiel? Bartholomew says, I got one word for you, Winchester. So we cut to a police station. Uh, Sam and Dean are back in their suits and are walking and talking with the police chief. And the police chief says, damnedest thing I ever saw. Vic had a stab wound, but it's not what killed him. It's like his insides were. Dean says, vaporized? It's been going around. (laughs) Sam says, no big deal. (laughs) Yeah, right. Sam says, so this guy was a pharmacist from Ohio. The police chief says, apparently, total family man, religious. One day just hops in the SUV, takes off, dies under a bridge, here from God knows what. Uh, this is his stuff. Help yourself. And the chief hands them two plastic evidence bags and then leaves. Sam and Dean both thank him. And they open the bags and go through the contents. Uh, there's a wallet, keys, watch, and other normal things. Um, Sam picks up a miniature Bible while Dean starts going through the man's smartphone. Sam says, anything? Dean says, nothing weird. Crappy music a lot of podcasts, all the same one. Reverend Buddy Boyle's going for the glory hole. Oops. No, I'm going to say that. Anyway. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's Uh-oh. the name. That, that's that podcast name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sam says cop said he was religious. So Dean plays one of Buddy's podcasts. Buddy on the video says, join me in a heaping helping of glory, friends. When you're in the presence of the divine, you'll know it. And if you let yourself, you'll hear it. Uh, 
Sadine skips ahead in the video, but he says, so remember when angels come a knocking, let them on in. And Sam and Dean look at each other knowingly. <laughs> Sam They're says, like, yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam says, angels can't possess a human without permission, right? Dean says, yep. And I just think that that was probably an awkward moment for Dean. You know, like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm in danger. Not, yeah, I don't know exactly. Okay. So Sam says, so what? They're using this guy to find vessels? Dean says, it's a willing audience. They're all religious types, like our pharmacists here. Buddy Boy was telling them to let the angels take them over. Sam says, like body snatchers. Dean says, how big a reach does this boil guy have? Sam does a quick search on the computer and brings up the global influence page from Buddy's website. There are red dots over all the major cities in the world. Sam says, pretty much the entire planet. So they get up and leave quickly. And we see that the Reaper was sitting behind them listening the entire time. So we cut to, well, Reapers can be invisible, right? Um, I was like, wouldn't somebody just notice him sitting at a cop's desk like that? But maybe not. I mean, it's a busy place, but also Reapers totally can be invisible. I thought, uh, yeah, I think Reapers are invisible, but they can usually. like choose for you to see them. That's what I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. I think so most we... of the time you can't see them. Yeah. Okay. So we cut to an alleyway. Uh, Cass is going through a dumpster um, when a kitchen worker dumps some food scraps into a nearby trash can and goes back inside. Cass goes over to the scraps and digs through them, pulls out a pickle and sniffs it. He stops and drops the pickle and turns as a woman or I can't remember if it's the person who came out of the, the place or not, but a woman approaches him from behind. Cass says, I'm not stealing. The woman says, and I'm not a cop. Cass says, it's a shame, isn't it? So much wasted when there's so many hungry. I never knew. The woman pulls a plastic wrap sandwich out of her bag and holds it up. The woman says, peanut butter and jelly. She walks up to Cass and offers it to him, smiling. She says, it's pretty good. Cass says, no, I can't take your food. The woman says, you're not. I'm giving it to you. Look, I've had hard times myself. And she puts the sandwich in his hand and walks to the back door of the nearby restaurant. Cass says, thank you. And the woman says, yeah. She smiles and nods and then goes inside. So we cut to a homeless camp. Uh, still daytime. Sam and Dean are trying to convince the homeless people to give them information on Cass. Dean says, look, for the billionth time, we're just looking for some information, Okay. We're not cops. I mean, do we look like cops? The homeless people all look at each other and nod. (laughs) Dean says, well, we're not cops. We just need to find a friend who's in it deep. Sam says, look, he might've been here the night that guy was killed. Were any of you here then? The homeless man from before comes down to them and says, maybe. Dean says, oh, okay. Uh, He's got dark hair, blue eyes, a little out of it. Sam says, he maybe called himself Clarence. The homeless man says, Clarence, yeah. Sam says, you two talk? The homeless man says, not much. Dean says, and uh, the homeless man says, I think he was on the run. Sam says, you see him with the uh, victim? The homeless man says, no. 
Dean says, okay. And then the homeless man says, he went off to sleep in another part of the resort. Dean says, where? The homeless man says, he's not there now. Uh, the reaper appears in the distance watching Sam and Dean. Sam says, where'd he go? The homeless man says, I saw him running from under the bridge to the highway. Dean says, you going to pay us for all this teeth pulling? Where was he headed? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> the homeless man says, he flagged a truck heading north. Detroit, probably. Sam says, why Detroit? The homeless man says, the truck was marked Motor City Meets. So he cut back to Cass in the same alley. It's nighttime now and it's raining heavily. Cass is huddled against a wall in a tiny alcove, but he is still getting soaked. Um, he is next to the door that the woman went through before. She comes out and opens her umbrella. She goes to leave, uh, but stops and turns when she notices Cass. So we cut to an apartment. Uh, the woman has taken Cass home with her, which... Did we need to talk about that? That seems like an interesting choice. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, why would you just take a random person that you've never met before home with you? You never would, especially as a woman living alone, like and all of that, you know, maybe you have amazing martial arts skills, but like, still like, yeah. just you know that's not normal though you know yeah. like, most really people safe. do not in yeah. fact have like just the yeah no <laughs> yeah I was just like oh that's when I was like oh sums up you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so Cass looks around the apartment as she locks the door he says wow it's beautiful the woman says if you say so uh just so you know I don't usually bring home strange men that's a big freaking lie. <laughs> at least you it do seems it that every way. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Cass says, Am I strange? The woman says, No, I mean, men, I don't know. But you look like you've been to Helen back. Cass says, Yeah, a few times. The woman says, April, by the way, April Kelly. Cass says, uh, Castiel. April says, One name. Cass says, Yeah, like God. April says, or share. <laughs> and she smiles and hands him a towel since he's still soaking wet. Um, as he dries himself off, she glances at his shoulder wound. April says, uh, not to raise any red flags, but do you know your shirt is soaked in blood? <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to a convenience store, still nighttime. Sam and Dean are leaving the store and heading back to the car. Dean's got a bag of groceries. And Sam is holding a plastic container with pie inside. Sam says, look at these chemicals. Do you even read the label? <laughs> Dean snatches it from him and puts it in the bag. Dean says, no, I read pie. The rest is just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Listen, when we hit Detroit, we start with the homeless shelters. Sam says, right. Then go to the encampments, soup kitchens. Dean says, check out places that he might've gone looking for work. They pass a payphone um, that the Reaper is standing at. He follows them after they walk by. Sam says, yeah, and I can, I can check for a vagrancy arrest. Dean says, yeah, and, you know, and then he mimes uh, his head exploding. Odd deaths. <laughs> so Sam and Dean go around a corner, but when the Reaper follows them seconds later, they have disappeared. The Reaper walks uh, down the street very slowly and cautiously. When Dean and Sam suddenly appear and slam him against a chain link fence with an angel blade 
and Ruby's knife against his throat. Sam says, who are you? Dean says, why are you trailing us? So I cut back to April's apartment. Uh, she drops a bloody rag in the sink. Cass is sitting on the bed shirtless. I like it. <laughs> April says, you call this rag a bandage? You're lucky this wasn't infected. What happened to the guy who attacked you? Cass says, oh, I stabbed him. He exploded. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. He says, he exploded. April thinks about this and then decides that Cass is joking. She says, funny, you don't look like the knife fight type or the homeless type, actually. And she starts cleaning his wound. Cass says, yes, well, I guess I trusted the wrong person. April says, bad investment advice. Cass says, no, vanity. I thought I was more important, more effective than I am, that I could fix everything. Now, all I can do is keep running. April starts massaging his shoulder at this point. <laughs> she <laughs> says, well, all patched up, but God, your delts are in knots. You got to relax. Cass says, ah, this is all new to me. Hunger, cold, this feeling, being all alone. April says, she says, but I haven't taken strange men into my home and then immediately tried <laughs> to seduce them. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. April says, you're not alone tonight. And then she kisses him on the cheek and then on the lips. Uh, Cass seems surprised at first, but then enthusiastically joins in the kissing party. So we cut to an abandoned warehouse. Uh, the Reaper's wrists, wrists are cuffed to an overhead beam. Sam and Dean are interrogating him, occasionally cutting him with the angel blade. Dean says, so Maurice, you bounty hunters are all like Delta Force Reapers. Why would they sick you on Cass? Maurice says, he warded himself. Dean says, Naomi hire you? Maurice chuckles and says, you really are out of the loop. Naomi's dead, resting in pieces. Sam says, so then who's running things now? Dean says, answer. Maurice says, her protege, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Now I can't say his name, apparently. That's fine. Um, Maurice says, he's an up-and-comer. Sam says, so he figured we'd lead you to Cass. Dean says, this Bartholomew, he organizing the angels? Maurice doesn't respond, so Dean slashes him with the angel blade again. Maurice says, that's all I know. So Dean puts the tip of the blade to Maurice's throat. Maurice says, you can kill me. It won't matter. If I don't find Castiel, there are others that will. But do what you want. Dean says, sure. And he pushes the blade through Maurice's throat and kills him. So I cut back to Cass. April and Cass are lying in bed, all extra nude. <laughs> there are lit candles everywhere, and they have clearly just boffed. Um, April says, well, say something. Cass says, there aren't words. April says, so that was okay. Cass says, very much so. Um, what I did, that was correct? <laughs> April says, very much so. Cass smiles and says, good. And they laugh. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I want you to say it now. Nope. <laughs> okay, but will you tell me later? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Because now I need to know. <laughs> okay. Um, so they laugh. Um, April says, Castiel, I can't help thinking. All that stuff you said earlier, blame and guilt. It seems like you're taking on a heavy load for such a sweet guy. 
Cass says, believe me, I've done a lot of foolish, unwise things. I'm no angel. April says, well, whoever you trusted, can't they help undo this? Cass says, we're not in contact. April says, so what happens next for you? Cass says, more of this, I hope. They smile and start making out again. So we cut to um, sometime later, still at April's. Uh, Cass comes out of the bedroom, buttoning up his shirt. April is cutting fruit in the kitchen. She says, oh, I washed your stuff. Find everything okay? Cass checks through his things and says, as a matter of fact, something is missing. April says, oh. Cass says, it was with my jacket. It's hard to describe. She spins around uh, suddenly with his angel blade in her hand and holds it to his throat. She says, oh, you mean this? Don't Ugh. trust the slimy bitch. Nope. Nope. Okay. So you, we cut to a parking lot. Uh, it's daytime. Dean parks the Impala. Sam says, what's up? Dean says, we've been chasing our tails all night. No Cass. What's up? I'm fried. I think it's time for plan B. Sam says, I'm not following. Dean says to Ezekiel, um, even though Sam is conscious, he says, I'm letting you know. Sam says, okay, uh, letting me know what? Dean says, I'm letting you know. And then Ezekiel finally takes over Sam's body. Zeke says, what is it, Dean? Dean says, I need your help. Zeke says, that's flattering. We've been through this. I cannot be making public appearances. Dean says, oh, I understand that. I'm not asking you to walk the red carpet, Zeke. Okay, I need your help finding Cass. Zeke says, it cannot be done. He is warded. Dean says, I know that, but maybe you can use your intergalactic hyperspace x-ray eyeballs to find someone else. There might be a reaper for rent on his ass. Could you find them? Ezekiel says, I could try. And then begins to focus on angel radio. We cut back to Cass. He is tied to a large chair and April is twirling his angel blade. She says, it's probably pointless washing the blood out of your shirt. Really? It's the kind of thing the real April would have done. She takes a bite of the grapefruit that she cuts earlier and says, I miss being her. Very okay, sweet. But like who eats a grapefruit like that? You animal. Like, <laughs> that stuff is so bitter. Like put some sugar or something on that. Yeah. Just, like, you need something on that. Grapefruit. Who does that? <laughs> Creepy angel boffers. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, she says, I miss being her. Very sweet. Didn't mind me entering her one bit. Cass says, why didn't you just attack me right away? April says, my briefing said you were dangerous and powerful and you did arrive armed. So I needed information. So I had to gain your trust. Cass says, and that required intercourse. She laughs. laughs. I know she laughs and says, well, I am allowed some leeway for executive decisions. And then she straddles his lap. She says, and I can't say I didn't find you attractive. Cass says, who hired you? I assume with Naomi gone, things were in chaos. April says, new sheriff in town, Cass. He hired a bunch of us. I got lucky. And she did get lucky in more ways than one. <laughs> she gets up and walks behind Cass. She says, enough questions from you. I have several of my own. Let's talk about your buddy, Metatron. And then she makes a little slice on his injured shoulder. 
which I think is not nice. <laughs> so we cut to some time later. Uh, Cass's shirt is wide open and he has multiple large gashes across his chest. He's bleeding everywhere. April says, all right, let's try this again. And one of these times we'll get it right. Cass says, I knew nothing about Metatron's spell. I didn't know he was going to cast the angels out of heaven. I was cast out too. April says, oh dear, nothing but reruns on this channel. And she stabs him lightly in the chest and holds the blade there. April says, these blades are marvelous, aren't they? They really do a number on humans too. Cass says, I told you last night and I meant it. I was naive. I had no idea what he was planning. She pushes the blade in a little further and says, you're lying. It's known you helped Metatron enter heaven, collaborated with him. Cass says, because we were going to restore heaven, bring the factions together. She slices his chest again. Cass says, he lied to me. She grabs him by the hair and says, you were with him when he unleashed the spell. You know how the angels were cast down. Cass says, I didn't know he was assembling a spell. And she stabs him again casually Cass mm -hmm. says I only knew that I was the final ingredient April says you Cass says my grace that's why I'm human he took my grace for the spell she puts the blade to his throat and says or you gave it Cass says it may be unwise to kill me if my grace were the key to empowering the spell I may be the key to countering it April says are you negotiating with me Castiel Suddenly the door bursts open and Sam and Dean run in. Dean says, Cass! <laughs> <laughs> Seeing the boys, April turns and quickly stabs Cass straight through his lower chest. Um, Dean draws his own angel blade and the brothers run at April, but she uses her um, reaper. I put angel here, but we decided she's a reaper. So yeah, reaper. I, well, I well we were talking about her being a reaper earlier too, so. Yeah, that, that's, they, they say it at the end. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, okay, so she uses her reaper power to fling Dean into the kitchen bench and Sam into the closet across the room. She kicks Dean's angel blade away and she makes her way over to Sam. April says, this girl's popular with all the boys. <laughs> and Dean eyes the angel blade sticking out of Cass's chest. Sam gets up to face April, but before he can make a move, she punches him across the face and sends him back to the floor. Um, April turns around just in time for Dean to stab her in the chest, uh, which kills her in a flash of bright white light. Dean turns to Cass and says, Cass, Cass, Cass. And he shakes Cass, but he doesn't move. Dean's voice breaks and he says, Cass, no. Sorry, I can't make my voice break or I would have done that. No, <laughs> you're <laughs> actually unconscious. I should have said that earlier. No one's surprised. Um, he regains consciousness and rises from the floor. Dean says, Sam, he's gone. Sam approaches Cass. Um, Dean looks up and realizes that it is actually Ezekiel in control and not Sam. Ezekiel knees down, kneels down and gently places his hand over Cass's chest with another bright white light. All of Cass's wounds quickly heal themselves. Ezekiel finally finishes healing Cass and stumbles backward weakly. Cass gasps, gasps <laughs> back to life as Ezekiel slumps back to the floor, unconscious again. Uh, Dean goes to help Ezekiel, but uh, stops and turns when Cass speaks. 
Cass says, Dean. Dean says, hey, hey, yeah. And Sam wakes up again. Cass says, and Sam. Sam says, Cass, you're okay. Cass looks confused, and so does Sam. <laughs> Dean says to Cass, never do that again. Cass says, all right, but I'm confused. I know she stabbed me, but I'm, uh, well, I don't appear to be dead. Dean <laughs> says, well, you got dinged. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then he says, sorry, I made some wonky notes here. <laughs> he says, uh, I made a deal with her. She said she wouldn't get said she wouldn't get kebobbed if she brought you back. She brought you back. Cass says, you lied. Dean says, I did. I do that. So we cut to the bunker. Uh, we're in the main room. It's daytime. Sam and Dean are walking and talking. Dean is eating a burrito. Sam says, you know, you never answered my question. How did you know where to find Cass? Dean said, I told you, I went through Marisa's pockets. I found an address and took a shot. Sam says, I never saw you go through Marisa's pockets. Dean says, what are you talking about? I don't see half the nerdy stuff that you do. It doesn't mean that you don't do nerdy stuff. <laughs> You're a bit I mean... too defensive, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. So Cass comes in wearing fresh clothes and looking clean for the first time in a long time. Cass says, I am really enjoying this place. Plentiful food, good water pressure, things I never even considered before. There really is a lot to being human, isn't there? Dean says, it ain't all just burritos and strippers, my friend. Cass says, yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Sam says, you do? Cass says, yes, there's more to humanity than survival. You look for purpose and you must not be defeated by anger or despair. Or I'm going to say this wrong because I've never said this word before either. Hedonism? Mm -hmm. Okay. For that matter. Hey. <laughs> I got one. Yay! <laughs> and it's the good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean says, where does hedonism come into it? Cass says, well, my time with April was very educational. Sam says, yeah, I mean, I would think that getting killed is something. Cass says, and having sex. Dean chokes on his burrito. And then he says, you had sex with April. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, that would be where the hedonism comes in. Uh, Dean shushes Sam and Cass and Sam nod awkwardly to each other. Dean says, so did you have protection? Cass says, I had my angel blade. Dean says, oh, oh, he had his angel blade. <laughs> Sam says, <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, um, Cass says, in any event, I do now see how difficult life can be and how well you two have led it. And I think you'll be great teachers. Dean says, thanks, Cass. Cass says, are there any more burritos? Dean says, uh, yes. And he points toward the kitchen and Cass walks that way. Dean laughs. And then Ezekiel suddenly takes over Sam's body. Dean says, our little Cass, he gave it up to a reaper. That is. Ezekiel interrupts and says, Castiel cannot stay here. He will bring the angels down on all of us. Dean says, no, no. He's got the Enochian tattoo. He's warded. Zeke says he was warded when April found him and she killed him. Dean says, yes. And you brought him back. And I thank you for that. But this is Cass. Okay. Who vouched for you when I didn't know you from Jack, the bunker is safe. Zeke says, Bartholomew is massing a force. We cannot stand an incursion. Castiel is in danger. And if he is a here, and if he is here, I am in danger. Dean says, wait, you're in danger from who the angels. 
Zeke says, if he stays, I'm afraid I will have no choice but to leave. Dean says, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Sam's not well enough. If you leave his body, Ezekiel says, I know, I'm sorry. So Dean goes into the library where Cass is sitting at the table, happily eating a burrito. Cass says, this ethnic food, I can't get enough. Dean says, Cass, uh, can we talk? Cass says, of course. And he pulls a chair out for Dean. Cass says, Dean, you know, I always appreciate our talks, our time together. Dean sits on the table and says, listen, buddy, um, you can't stay. And Cass just looks at him, confused and hurt. And I want to stab everybody. Like, okay, and... dude, like, at least set him up somewhere, you know, like. Do like, anything. You can't stay here, but like here, here's another place that you can stay instead of just like be free, you know, like what? Yeah. Uh, with no explanation is all just really steams my nuggets. So <laughs> and I, nobody um, likes steamed nuggets. They no, like they're all nuggets. weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say and credits. <laughs> credits. <laughs> okay. So my first thought about this episode is like with all of these angels, that have been like coming after Cass, right? Like, yeah. obviously you can take somebody's grace. Like he's graceless. Why haven't you taken somebody else's grace? Like when he killed that one angel that was like got flung out of the car, like how come he didn't take her grace and then kill her? Yeah. I don't know. Like, That's interesting. And I, it's really hard to, it's really hard to answer that question without giving spoilers. I know, but like, um, it's just kind of like, what are those but things? That's true. That yeah. It, like it literally just happened to you. Like, why are you not, you know, I don't know. They do talk about it later, but like still, yeah. I think that maybe he's just so caught up in like the moment and like the, the, the difference in, in being human, how that feels, you know, and just trying to protect himself that maybe he just hasn't even had that thought, you know? Yeah. But you would think like, Hey, if I had grace, like I could probably be more of a, you know, killing badass. So yeah, like, I don't maybe know. I should get some somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not have that thought. Like, okay. does it have to be mine? Who cares? All powers are the same, right? yeah you know like from what i i don't know it's just kind of like that's just the whole thing that like confuses me for a while yeah that's interesting i just felt like i needed to bring it up because there are he's had chances already for sure to just like snag some grace you know you're right you're right i've done it you know yeah like why haven't you done it dude like Mm. if that's your biggest problem and that's what you're missing like go get some whether it's yours or not. I wonder also if he's like still stuck in his like guilty trying to atone for all the bad shit that's happened. And and now he's done this other thing, even though he was tricked into it, you know, with the, where all the angels fell, you know? Yeah. And probably. so maybe he just is feeling like he doesn't deserve that or, or whatever. I don't, I don't know. This is a very sad episode Yeah, for Cass and, you know, watching him go through, you know, all the horrible things that homeless people have to go through. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I don't like this episode, but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's too, it's too sad for me. I'm surely there are um, more, um, there are sadder episodes, but this one is just very difficult to watch in a, 
in a cast way, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, my other thought was that I don't believe for a second that April does not bring home strange men because <laughs> she seems <laughs> to like be way too comfortable with it. <laughs> well, she is a reaper. So, you know, Mm-hmm. Maybe the reaper is the one getting down and, and April, the real April is not, I don't know. I don't know. But like reapers don't have vessels. Reapers are reapers. Aren't they? No, she said that she, she talked about April. Like I just did air quotes and nobody <laughs> can tell because nobody can see me. Um, she, she talked about April, like, um, what does she say? Something along the lines of like, I miss being her because she was so something or whatever. It, it implied that April was her own person. I know nothing about reapers. I didn't think reapers really had to possess somebody. Yeah. See, You're like, right about that. I, the way that I took that was that like, you know, honestly, I don't even remember really, but yeah, yeah like I didn't take it as like she was possessing somebody. It's not, I did take it that way. It sounded to me like that's what was happening, but from, and that's why I was confused remember. I was like, is she yeah. an angel or a reaper? But, yeah. um, but she, they say she's a reaper. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is just like a thing they can do, you know, maybe they have to do that to be visible. Maybe that's what it is. Cause like they have their, own, cause remember like people can't see reapers unless they're dying. Right. Right. So maybe like to be visible, they have to like possess some, I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. This, like that whole huh. like thing just kind of threw me off. And I like, I don't think we ever really get an answer for that. No, I, I don't think so. Either. So that's, yeah, it was just a weird, a weird thing for me. So yeah. Anyway. Um, but also, so like, you know, we know that like an angel and a human makes the Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. What does an angel and a reaper make? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like, um what would that see. be a chupacabra now we know hey! <laughs> now we know how chupacabras come to be <laughs> that's it exactly weird little <laughs> weird little possessed goats dancing in you know shimmering lingerie <laughs> ew <laughs> yep. i mean but those goats in pajama <laughs> clips are pretty darn cute so we'll let that one slide (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) but yeah like that yeah that was the thing those are my only thoughts but it was just kind of like my mind went there and it probably didn't need to go there but it did no that's a that's a a good place to go (laughs) because I mean like no maybe they don't make anything you know maybe they're they're too different i mean too. angels and humans aren't supposed to make anything but <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know <laughs> yeah that's true uh, like cast killed one so clearly they exist you know mm-hmm. but yeah anyways <laughs> those are my thoughts um, okay <laughs> what is your favorite moment from this episode okay i didn't really have a, an actual favorite moment um uh, what I liked and I, <laughs> I didn't like much but um just Cass's brief moments of happiness here were yeah. um definitely you know when he 
got laid. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course I don't like April, you know, but mm-hmm. like, I'm, uh, I'm happy that, you know, Cass got some, especially in like a very hard time in his life. You know, yeah. he, had a, he had some, some moments of, well, I don't know how long moments, but uh, <laughs> of, of, you know, happiness. And, and I, well, I like that in a, in an episode where he doesn't get much, he did get that. So <laughs> he got some, <laughs> yeah. so there's that. So what was your favorite moment? Um, mine was kind of centered around that, but it was when Dean asked him if he had protection and he was like, I had my angel blade. <laughs> that's not who, what he meant, Cassie, but <laughs> that's not what he meant. Nope, nope. Because <laughs> we don't want to figure out what an angel reaper hybrid is. Yeah. Well, he's human now, honestly. So yeah, maybe, but maybe like, it wouldn't make a chupacabra. Is he really though? I don't know. That's the thing. Does he like, still have wings? Because he's he doesn't have his wings. Like he's like he's a so fallen he's angel, basically. Like or does he have his, no, he just doesn't have his great, I don't totally know. Cause he didn't fall. Did he? Cause he was already he did down. Fall. He was, no, he was in heaven when the falling happened. Yeah. He was in like Naomi's office or something. Yeah. And, Metatron, and Metatron was all like, oh, have a life and then die. And then tell me about it when you come back to heaven. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, he doesn't have his wings. <laughs> every time we, yeah, anyway um, <laughs> but um yeah I forgot where I was going um I forgot what we were talking about <laughs> chupacabras oh. <laughs> I know all the things no, I really think maybe we were talking about oh yeah no so um <laughs> like just because he's not in like he doesn't have his grace though he's still an angel he just doesn't have his grace Okay. So like, cause he's still Cass. He's not Jimmy. He's Cass. Right. That's right. That's right. So yeah. like, would that make anything? I don't know. Like, cause he's still <laughs> technically an angel, but he's not, I've got questions. <laughs> I know. Where can we get these answers? You know, I don't know if we can, you know, like, well, shit. I know. Yeah. Like, at least I don't know how to go about getting them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we could ask other other fans and like, you know, different social medias, but they're not going to know the truth. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like fan versions of the truth are not always that's just the their truth. ideas. Yeah, mostly that's not the truth. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like that's just something we're not going to have an answer for. No, we're not. So okay, whatever. All right. It's the unsolved mysteries in life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, um, <laughs> our interesting facts from this episode. Um, it says here, Castiel is in a homeless shelter in soup kitchen. Um, in real life, Misha Collins um, actually volunteers at soup kitchens and homeless shelters. And he does a lot of like, I think he lives in Bellingham, doesn't he? Um, I'm not he did at one point. Sure if, yeah, he did. I'm not sure if that's true anymore. Like after his divorce and everything, like where, what he's, yeah, where he's living. Yeah. I so. don't know, but I think he had like, uh, from what I heard at one point, granted, who knows, like he's got a couple different houses, so who knows, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, I've seen videos of him, like with his kids out in like Bellingham, at least when he was there and like mm-hmm. handing out, you know, they'll go and like buy tents and, you know, 
whatever, you know, food, blankets, that sort of stuff and like give it out to homeless people. So Mm -hmm. he's, he doesn't just do stuff at soup kitchens and shelters. He kind of, you know. Yeah. And am I going to totally ruin one of your interesting facts by talking about his childhood? Um, I don't think so. Cause it doesn't talk about that here at all. So, yeah. Okay. No, no. Um, so maybe, and I, this is what I remember. So I might have it wrong because I am usually wrong, but, um, I'm pretty sure he, he was homeless for a while as a mm-hmm. child, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they did a lot of like, that's okay. Bless you. Um, they did a lot of sleeping on, um, you know, couches and, um, I think I read something recently that said that like they lived in a tent for a while. It was like him and his mom and his brother. Um, they lived in a tent for a while when, when they were kids and he was talking about, I think he was talking about like how they made food or something like that. Yeah. He was, um, I mean, he's talked about it a few times. He was homeless as a kid for a while. I don't know like exactly when, or, you know, how old he was, where he was, you know, that sort yeah, of stuff. But I'm, I'm going to just Google something really quick. Cause I feel like I have, um, he said it was when he was a younger kid, I think. Yeah. Um, doo, 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 this did not pull up what I want. <laughs> Hold music. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we don't have any of that. <laughs> I know. Right. Like I want to say something, but like, I, can't remember if it's happened to Misha or somebody else. So I'm just going to let it go and we will come back to it after I find that answer. So, okay. so keep going. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, it says this marks the first episode where they actually show an angel possession throughout its entirety. Um, usually they only show the bright light appear and cut away until after the fact. Um, ironically, an angel possession isn't all that different from a demon possession visually anyway, um, in a sense that the only difference is that the angel smoke is white which we know isn't like the smoke. It's like the grace, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it says in this episode, uh, Castiel goes by the name Clarence, which is the name that Meg used to call him. Um, Clarence is the name of a character who happens to be an angel from the movie. It's a wonderful life, which I feel like that was an interesting fact before, but you know, we'll revisit that. Cause yeah, I love Meg. I'm a full like Meg CL shipper. Like that's, that's who I ship for Castiel. Cause I feel like it's just like perfect, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they're good together. It's, they're like, very cute. They are the exact opposite and it works, you know? Yeah. But. Okay. I'm going to stop looking through Google for the information that I want because I can't find it, <laughs> but I will, um, try to find it later and then maybe tell you in a different episode that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, it says the title of this episode, um, I'm No Angel, shares a name with a music single by the Greg Allman Band. Never okay. heard of it. Um, <laughs> I have. <laughs> it says um, Castiel walks through Chinatown. Um, Supernatural is filmed in Vancouver, um, a city with a large Chinatown and a large Asian population with a rich history. Huh. Um, it says the title of this episode is also a song from the singer and songwriter Dido. Dido? Dido? It's D-I-D-O. Dido, yep. Dido? Yep, Dido. Okay. You know Never who heard Dido is. No, no, huh? no, no, no. You, uh, what's the name of that song? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Google we go. <laughs> this is going to stress me the fuck out. You, you definitely know who Dido is. She doesn't like... Um, 
she has a lot of famous songs like um white flag and i swear to god you would know any of them hold on let me just find her fucking songs <laughs> it's like i don't know who that is you totally do that's gonna really stress me out <laughs> okay um oh here with me is her like most popular one so like write that shit down and then listen to it later and you'll be like oh it's this fucking song and then you will know who dido is okay i wrote it down okay thank but you. it does not sound familiar you'll know it you'll hear it and you'll be like oh yeah this one yeah but you say that a lot and then i never do <laughs> i totally don't <laughs> You're like, oh, you know that song? And I'm like, I, I don't know that song. <laughs> you know, this song is actually on the movie Love Actually, even. I haven't seen that movie. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> how, how? How did you escape it? Like, how? I don't know. <laughs> I've just never seen it. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know it. That's how. <laughs> I mean, is it problematic? Yes. <laughs> there are moments of that for sure. But it's got um, the main guy from The Walking Dead. What's that actor's name? I couldn't tell you. I've seen like maybe an episode or two of The Walking Dead and it kind of traumatized me a little bit because it was like <laughs> the ending of season one. So it was just like a bloodbath. And I was just like, why is this happening? What am I watching? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even get that far in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's got him. It's got um, like Liam Nielsen and Emma Thompson. Liam Nielsen. Nielsen, whatever. What's his last name? That guy. Liam Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever that guy <laughs> it has a million people in it that you will recognize so yeah yeah you should watch it That's Kira Knightley point. yeah Kira Knightley is one of the main girls and Hugh Grant and I'm gonna stop there there's way more so, yeah I, I have no idea <laughs> it's got um who's that guy who played who's in the Hobbit um which one <laughs> um oh come on he's in sherlock oh um yeah the guy who plays bilbo and, yes uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, watson i don't know what his name is though yeah it's like, I, I think his last name is freeman i can't remember if i'm lying <laughs> i have um, no idea yeah there's so many people in it it's so it's so much fun and again and there's the problematic moment but <clears throat> yeah we'll watch it yeah at some point <laughs> yeah yeah um <clears throat> it says Ingrid Torrance um who's Linda um previously appeared in the season three episode long distance call from 2008 as Mrs. Waters which I don't who's Linda? <laughs> sorry <laughs> Maisie's underneath me she just went <laughs> sorry. I don't okay. know if anybody heard that but she's I didn't a very dramatic it. dog <laughs> <laughs> okay who who is Linda I don't remember a Linda I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> the one, is that the, re no, because that's April. Um, that's April. And then mm -hmm. the other, like the girl angel did not have a name. Maybe and that's what her name was. Or it could have been the secretary who got like angel exploded. But was that this episode though? The girl who got thrown through the windshield. That was a different episode. I don't remember a girl getting thrown through a windshield. <laughs> 
remember that she was trying like Cass was in the van or whatever and she oh, was like I want to yeah. see Grand Canyon yeah that yeah, was he, like episode he called one. her something else yeah I can't remember what though but. I don't remember what yeah no I thought that's who you're talking about um oh <laughs> yeah no I have no now idea. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about so okay I'm all sorts of confused we're doing great on this we're episode doing really good <laughs> we have all the information so. I know right <laughs> sorry. sorry about that Speaking of information, <laughs> we're gonna go to our research for this week. <laughs> uh, that was bad. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> um, so this is off of um, onlyinyourstate.com, and because they were in Iowa, or at least it says they were in Iowa in this episode. I don't remember them saying anything about Iowa, but Super Wiki says they were in Iowa. So we found um, something in Iowa. <laughs> yes. Um, which is the car Elvira. Um, and the second I heard that, I thought of the song Elvira by, oh, who is it by? I literally just looked this up too. Um, and this is a song that I have never heard. So she's, <laughs> she sang it for me. I didn't nice. sing it. I played it. Well, I did sing it too. <laughs> you did both. I did both. <laughs> <laughs> Elvira. <laughs> yeah. It's an old, older one. I, it's not, I don't think it's like super old, but still it's a, it's an older song for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so turns out, cause I, the reason that I pulled this up and played it for her is cause I was like, I wonder if this song is about the car. Cause the only part that I remember is Elvira you know? <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not about the car, but yeah. you know, it, it was fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it says, I'm sure you've heard of all kinds of haunted places from houses to hotels to even restaurants, but a car. Um, it says that's something I'd never heard of before. This is clearly not me speaking. It's, you know, yes. whoever's writing this, but anyway, um, <laughs> it says the story behind the car, or this car is fascinating and more than a little bit scary. Um, it says the car's name is Elvira and she has quite the past. Um, Elvira is a 1970 Cadillac Fleetwood 75 series medic one rescuer ambulance. <laughs> wow. It just looks like a convertible. I mean, when I was looking at the pictures, you know, yeah, I think, well, maybe they modified it after, I think the first picture looks like a, is a convertible, but they probably turned it into that at some point. I don't know, whatever, because there's definitely pictures of it with a hard top and, you know, open. So gotcha. I don't know. Um, so it says her original home was in Connecticut at the Norwich State Hospital. Um, she was used as the hospital's primary ambulance. Uh, it says during Elvira's stint as an ambulance in Connecticut, hundreds of patients died while in the car because, you know, that's what happens in ambulances sometimes. Yes. Um, even paramedic John P. Anderson died in the car. Uh, he was found hunched over the steering wheel from a massive heart attack. Oh, geez. Um, it says next, in an ironic twist, she moved on to being a clown car. Oh well, no! I know. Why? That's Why? like one of the creepier parts about this. <laughs> that is just not no. How do you go from an ambulance to a clown car? I mean, I guess it depends on who buys you. You know. <laughs> but no. It's, it says while serving as a clown car, there was another tragic death inside the car. Um, a young boy's dying wish was to ride in the clown car for a parade. While riding in the car, the young boy died peacefully with a smile on his face. Oh. I would not die with a smile on my face if I was riding in a clown car. <laughs> no, that I'm is not so afraid sad. of clowns, but I'm definitely wary of them. Like I don't particularly like them or enjoy them, but 
I wouldn't say I'm afraid either. Like I can be in a room with a clown and just be kind of weirded out and not be like, you know, I need to get out of here right now. Mm-hmm. But like after a while, I'm kind of like, please stop looking at me. Like, you know, like- there are two things that have influenced my dislike of clowns. <laughs> um, one was when I was a child, um, my aunt and uncle um, who live fairly close to us um, had this picture on their wall just like a framed, you know, portrait or whatever. And it was this clown, like sitting on something, but like looking really sad. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was like the saddest picture ever. And I was just like, Oh, I don't want to feel these sad things. Like this this poor clown, like nobody loves him. So, (laughs) so like that kind of, you know, started the, the not happy feelings. And then of course, Stephen King, you know, and what he did to me. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I actually, um, really love Stephen King and all of his work. And, um, I think I can't remember how old I was when I first read it, which is of course the clown book. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I was like, I'm going to say I was like anywhere from like nine to 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, um, and you know, honestly, like he's such an amazing writer and, um, it was, it just perfectly described childhood and like being kind of an outsider and you know like Mm -hmm. uh, you know and it just it was just amazingly well written um and fucking terrifying you know so (laughs) that's Stephen King (laughs) yeah it was oh yeah so it really like messed me up for for clowns and um you know the the remakes are awesome I you know yeah all of it all of it's good so um but yeah clowns not good not good yeah (laughs) Um, I don't love them, but again, like, I'm not like terrified of them or anything. Yeah. I, yeah, I am. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) Um, so it says next Elvira moved on to being a car for a couple in Michigan. Um, and finally shamrock limousine of council bluffs purchased Elvira in 2008. Um, they had no idea about the cars haunted and complex history. It says, while they were restoring the car for service, they noticed strange things happening in the car. Um, They dug into Elvira's past and found that a total of 496 documented deaths had happened inside the car. Um, This included mass murderer inmate John Franklin. Uh, They started to wonder if some of those souls were causing the strange happenings. Um, They had the car investigated for paranormal activity, and sure enough, the conclusion is that the car was haunted. Uh, the investigators discovered that the paramedic who died in the car when it was an ambulance watches over the spirit or the other spirits and protects them until they can peacefully pass on to the other side. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, not all bad, but also no. not good either. You know, like- yeah, I mean, the car seems to be like it was used for good purposes, you know, ambulance, obviously. Other that's- than the clown car. <laughs> Well, but even then, I mean, you know, like that clown car probably wasn't made to scare people. You oh, know no, what I mean? for sure. It, it was, was probably made to bring joy. So, yeah, <clears throat> there just happened to be a lot of, you know, deaths that happened in it. Cause I mean, that's an ambulance. That's what happens, you know, mm-hmm. that it is what it is. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a research. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, what was your is it or ask what moment from this week? Okay. So I have, um, a neighbor who I like very much and she has a son who is a year younger than Killian. And so we do play dates and it's super fun. And, um, 
this is maybe a month ago or more. Um, I saw them at school and, um, I was like, Hey, like it was right before, like, I don't know, we were having like conference week or like president's week. And it, there was, you know, some either half days or whole days Something, off yeah. coming up. Yeah. Like the next mm-hmm. week. And I was like, we should, you know, get the boys together. And she was like, Oh, I, you know, I can't because we are going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, which Island are you going to? Uh, because I've, cause I've been to like all the ones you can go to, you know, there's, there's a couple that you can't if you're, unless you're like native, you know? Yeah. So, um, and she, she said, uh, what'd she say? I think she said Honolulu, which is, um, you know, on the Island of Oahu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. Like Waikiki. Cause that's kind of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's where all the hookers are. (laughs) And like, at this point, like Killian and Eric are already in the car, but her son who goes to that school is standing right there. (laughs) She's holding her, um, her almost two-year-old in her arms and she's pregnant. So, (laughs) so, and she just like her face fell and she was like, oh no, she's (laughs) like, She's like hookers. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, don't worry. Like, they're not going to bother your husband, you know, if you're with him, like from what I saw, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm just going to go into my story about watching hookers in Hawaii so that everybody understands that I do not think that Hawaii is full of hookers in any way, (laughs) you know, absolutely not. Like my mom's from there. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't think that, but we did have a hooker experience. So, um, this was when I was like, I don't fucking know. I was like 22 or 23. Yeah. And, um, I went to Hawaii with, uh, the guy I was living with. Um, and, um, my parents came as well, as well as like a bunch of my coworkers and friends, because one of our, one of our friends was getting married there and she was yeah. from there. So, you know, it was just a, a lot of people I knew. And, um, so me and the guy I was dating and, my parents, um, we all stayed in the same, like we took the same flight and stayed in the same hotel and used the same rental car, you know, yeah. it was a lot cheaper to do it that way. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially Hawaii like, is not cheap. Yeah, exactly. And that is a very expensive part of Hawaii. So, um, so right as we were, we were coming from somewhere and, uh, we were rolling in the car into our hotel parking lot and the car just stopped working and it was daytime. So it wasn't like, you know, annoying really We yeah. had anything else planned. So, you know, call the, the car company and they're like, Oh, we'll just bring you another car and get, you know, take that one. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, because the car was kind of in and out of the building, you know, we had to wait outside for the rental car company to get there. Yeah. So we were just like sitting on the front steps of the hotel mm-hmm. and just, and just people watching there. Were, I, we were on a really busy street, like just like a lot of people walking yeah. and, um, and oh my God, my dad finally pointed out to me that like, Hey, like that's a hooker. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, look at, look at her shoes. And, <laughs> just like, and, <laughs> wait, <what? laughs> and all, and all the hookers at that time, again, this was a long time ago. Um, their footwear were, they were different. They were all like sandals type, but they were like clear, you know, mm-hmm. clear, clear straps, clear heels. I don't know what that material is called, but Plastic. Um, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but they, they all yeah. had that They yeah. all, and you, and I watched them. Yeah. They approached men and like men in groups, single men, whatever. Some people would go with them back to another hotel that I could see, you know? So mm-hmm. it was just amazing to watch, you know, mm-hmm. just like this whole thing. And like a policeman would like roll by and 
the hooker would like, you know, get on her phone and look really busy. And, you know, like it was just, it was just a whole experience. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like my, my eyes were opened. <laughs> I know so, things now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, okay. This is crazy. So, um, I, I did not tell this whole story to my neighbor because like, you know, she needed to get going, you know, she's holding a, a two-year-old basically, you know, and, mm-hmm. You know, so she just, she just looked like totally upset. Like I like ruined her life that, you know, she had to go experience these hookers on her <laughs> vacation. So I'm trying to like reassure her, you know, like it's, you know, I'm, it's not gonna, they're not gonna bug your husband, you know, if you're with them, like, you know, it's gonna be fine. No one was acting aggressive or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and she was like, okay, okay, bye. Like, oh, <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> and, she left and I was like, oh no. And then I realized I said like, the word hooker a couple times right in front of her son, you know? <laughs> and so I can't even imagine that he just, I'm sure he got in the car and was like, mommy, what's a hooker? I know. I'm like, like, I need to know what this is. Yeah. yeah so I just, I just felt like such a shithead for that, man. I, you know, I could have, I could have easily done anything different <laughs> to make that better for everybody. And so then I didn't hear from her for like a couple weeks and I'm like, oh, she hates me. Like, you know, like it's gonna be really awkward because we're neighbors and like <laughs> our kids go to school together and like love each other and you know, yeah. Uh, but she did text me um from Hawaii, like towards the end of her trip, and she was like, Okay, the hookers have different footwear. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, okay, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh god, I can't remember what she said that her, let me go back in my text messages. So I can tell you what kind of footwear the hookers in Oahu are, are wearing right now. Cause that seems so important. Again, I do not think that <laughs> Hawaii is filled with hookers. I love Hawaii and yeah, it's a beautiful place. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cold music. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> um, wow. This was a while ago. Um, Okay. Uh, she says that they now wear white platform heels <laughs> that that's their uh, thing. Yeah. That seems like almost like nineties to me, you know, like it seems more comfortable. I mean, like platform heels are oh, more comfortable sure. than like not platform heels. Right. Yeah. So like if you, if you have to wear heels, like, you know, <laughs> Might as well something that has a little more support. It's not like it's stilettos or anything. You know? Yeah. So anyway, that's, <laughs> that's the hooker story and how I may have ruined her vacation, but that's, you know, it sounds like you didn't yeah. ruin it. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not, but I learned my lesson. So <laughs> now we know. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was my moment. Uh, what was your idiot or aspect moment? <laughs> so, um, Mine was, I was a big old idiot, and this was again about a month ago. Cause like I wrote this down a little while ago, so that way I wouldn't forget it, but I felt like a big old stupid <laughs> because yeah. I, so, you know, we have a wood stove and I was, um, so Maisie was asleep and when the dog is asleep, you, dear God, don't wake her up, you know? Right. And our fireplace door has, it like squeaks really loud when you open it past a certain point. And so I was like, okay, I can open it just enough to like get another log in there and like not have to have it squeak and like she can stay asleep and it'll be great. Right. Yeah. So 
I open it up like partway and then I go to like put the log in and not thinking like kind of leaned against the door because I'm like, Hey, you know, like support, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking, but you know, it's a metal door and it's attached to a fire and it was really hot. And I burned the front of my neck and it like, you heard like, and I went, ah, (laughs) (laughs) which then of course I was like, ow, ow, you know, and I'm like, you know, cussing and yelling and you know, whatever. And of course that woke up the dog and she was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I should have just opened the door. But then I had like this big burn on the front of my neck that like kind of looked like a hickey a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that dark, but it was definitely like something happened to your neck, dude. And it was like right on the front of my neck too. Yeah. Like you can still kind of see there's like a little red spot. Oh, I can't tell on zoom. Maybe a smidge. Yeah. Like right there. Yeah. But anyways, so like a couple days go by and I'm like, okay, I need to like cover this up before I go to work because it's going to look real bad, you know? Yeah. Not realizing that it had blistered but like oh. was kind of scabby on top. So there was like scab with like the loose skin and then blister. Right. So I put mm-hmm. some like cover up on my neck and turns out very orange. Right. So mm-hmm. I grab a baby wipe and I'm like gently kind of like patting it, trying to get the stuff off. And then I like get, hit the top of it and like pull down to kind of like wipe off the um, makeup and then rip it open. Right. Oh God. And let me tell you what, that burned because hey baby wipes on raw skin turns out doesn't feel very good (laughs) that is very true and so yeah I then you know cussed and screamed again and that took a little while to heal but yeah I had like peeled off part of like part of it but not all of it so I'm like trying to like hold down the part that's still attached to keep it covered and like peel off the skin that was just like hanging there. And it was like a whole thing that lasted for like a good solid week and like washing my, you know, face and neck and everything in the shower was awful. And like, yeah, yeah, it sucked for a couple of days and all because I wanted to keep the dog asleep. I should have just taken one for the team. (laughs) I think we can blame this on the dog. I think we can. (laughs) (laughs) I love that dog, but I think this is her fault. Oh, me too. But here's the thing. Like, you know, when you're, (laughs) when you're so afraid of waking up the dog, because you know, it's going to be horrible (laughs) and she's going to be bouncing off the walls, like, and you're tiptoeing around in your own house and can't do anything because the dog's asleep. Like she's a little bit of a terrorist lover for sure. And like, wouldn't change it. Maybe I would change the amount that she chases Steve. <laughs> oh yeah. But like, you know, like other yeah. than that, she's a really good dog and she ha- she's very, very smart and she learns things really quickly. So like, mm-hmm. she, I mean, she's like five months old at this point and like knows how to like sit, lay down, shake hands, you know, come, you know, stay kind of, you know, like, yeah, that's part, awesome. but like she's been learning how to stay for the last like two days and already like kind of knows it, you know? So yeah. it doesn't take her long. She's, she's a very, she's a good dog. She just, you know, yeah, has a lot of energy and, and wants to eat cats, you know, that's wants to eat my cat, which that's, that's not pretty normal for a dog. I think. Yeah. Truthfully. That's actually, um, <laughs> one of my, you know, 
well, I wrote it down. It's not going to be for another couple episodes, but like, oh, another moment. We have another moment about Steve. <laughs> oh, poor Steve. But, okay. Yeah, I love so. Steve. And like the little shit. She's like all curled up in her bed, looking all cute, being all the same. Well, she is cute. Shit. You know, like, like, she's so cute. Just like yeah. curled up with her little, you know, rope toy. You're going to have to post a picture of her. I'm going to have to. She's huge, you know, like compared to what she was. She is massive now. Mm-hmm. She's 40 pounds. She's like five months old and 40 pounds, which at this point, like, I feel like she's going to be close to a hundred pound dog, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would think so. She's massive. So mm-hmm. at least for a five month old dog, she's not big for, you know, other dogs in general, but like her paws, like cover almost the whole inside of my palm at this point wow (laughs) that's crazy so yeah she's she's a big one but yeah she's a good girl she's just learning still she is she'll get there she's getting there well thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans you can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idget and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.